Hello and welcome to the Date Night Movie Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Russell. With me is my co-host, Ashley Russell. Hello, hello, hello. This is a show where each week, Ashley and I, we talk about a new movie that's playing in theaters and we break down whether we thought it was good or bad. And then we talk about whether it would make for a good date movie. And on this episode, we're talking about Widows. This is uh, the new film directed by Steve McQueen, starring Viola Davis, Colin Farrell, and Liam Neeson, among others. This movie uh, just came out. Uh, it's gotten some great reviews. It has a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's not doing as hot with audiences. It's gotten a B cinema score, which is not great. That's kind of a mixed reaction. Kind of underperformed, open to about 12 million. That's not great. People are hoping for 20. So I guess a bit of a disconnect there. I guess similar to like Bohemian Rhapsody, which we talked about. Yeah. That was one where critics were kind of down on it, but audiences loved it. And then earlier you had the same kind of disconnect with First Man, where critics are loving it and audiences are eh, not not so much. Critics don't know the regular Joe Schmo. <laughs> well, I, I think like everyone, critics are biased. Everyone has their own bias. Critics... I don't know. I mean, look, I'll say this. This movie is an original. It is original. It's an original film from a major studio with a significant budget. Uh, it's got women front and center, supposedly. It's marketed as a female-centric thriller. And it's aimed at adults. So those are all things that I'm rooting for. Yeah, this no isn't a what. kid's movie. Do not take your kids to go see this movie. But it's just, it's rare to see a studio original movie that's aimed specifically for adults. Because it's so rare, I always want to get behind that. Do you know what the budget was? I think for this it's movie? reported like in the 40s. 40 that's million. actually low budget for right. um, movies nowadays. But a big, a big studio movie, just marketing, you know, you're, you're spending at least that, you know, mm-hmm. maybe double. So a movie like this has to make over 100 million just. Because it's being released nationally and in has theaters. it? No, it. Like I said, it's it underperforming. Well, yeah, it opened to twelve million. Um, Ooh, <laughs> right. People, right. The target was twenty. That would have been like, hooray! Everyone's applauding. We did a good job. But no, it underperformed. I'll tell you what, though. The only reason why I know about Widows is because of the we go see the movie. We go to the movies quite often, and we've what are you been about? seeing. <laughs> The preview for Widows on the movie screen. I haven't seen it on TV. No TV ads. Okay. Um, I haven't seen it being pushed to non. Well, I think the first time we saw the preview was in movie the... goers. Right. So you haven't seen like typical ads on TV. Mm-hmm. The first time I think we saw a preview was in front of Ocean's Eight, which yeah. is another female heist film. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about Steve McQueen for a second. You and I, you, you haven't seen his last movie, which won Best Picture, uh, 12 Years a Slave. I have not seen that, no. But we did see his movie before that called Shame. <laughs> then that's, that's a good example of a movie that's not a good date movie. No, that is not a good date movie. You don't want to see that like as an icebreaker with maybe no. someone you don't know. Not you know. I'll tell you what, Steve McQueen is ballsy. Sure. Is it starting to click, like, connecting widows to shame? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, not as vulgar as shame was. Right, no, he's he's intense, he's very serious, he's a serious-minded dude, and he makes serious films, for sure. I thought Viola Davis was a badass. I Absolutely. Mean, I this, Absolutely. This movie, it was very well done. Yeah. Um, I thought the action scenes were awesome. I thought Viola Davis was such a better heist... Front woman, yeah. Than like Sandra Bullock. Okay. 
I really thought this is a stronger cast. I thought this is more real. Yeah. Cast, as far as, you know, they need to do this because it is something that they need to do just to survive. Right. And the pressure's on. The pressure's on. I mean, it's either be killed or go and do this heist. So that there's more backstory to that versus Ocean's 8, where it's just like, well, this is what I'm good at, and I'm just going to go and. I'm good at stealing jewels. (laughs) And just do it. Let's steal some jewels. Yeah. But that's what I loved about this movie. Yeah. I didn't like the fact that... Spoiler alert. Spoilers for this movie, for sure. Liam, There's some twists. Liam Neeson. I didn't like the fact that he had an affair. I thought that part could have been... The movie sense. kicks off with these women, Viola Davis included, their husbands getting killed. Yes. In this Doing he- a job. And this heist gone, gone wrong. And Viola Davis's husband is played by Liam Neeson. And they steal from this guy that's a part of this gang who's running for office in Chicago's Ninth Ward. A lot of screen time is devoted to that subplot. What would yeah. you say? Yes. That whole political subplot. Yes. It also involves Colin Farrell and his dad, played by Robert Duvall. It's, you know, it's interesting. They bring this out there, and Steve McQueen does a great job on racial issues and things like that. And you're talking about Colin Farrell and his family of old money, white, in a predominantly African-American neighborhood going against an African-American candidate. Uh, That candidate is played by Brian Tyree Henry. I thought he was really good. Um, and, and, And he had a henchman. That was really good as well. That that's was Daniel. Brutal. That's Daniel Kaluuya. He was the lead in Get Out. Yes. Yes. And he's, he, a, he's a psychopath. In oh this my movie. God. He's brutal in this movie. Kills a couple folks on screen. <laughs> With no remorse. Right. I mean, no that's some of the guessing, I mean. strongest moments in the film. And it, it just kind of goes against like the politics that we're seeing and you know the rich white man against the african-american that actually lives in the district and all that and it's back and forth and the political nonsense that goes involved and colin farrell is actually behind right both of these candidates are crooked yeah both of them are crooked and both of them are trying to steal from each other right is pretty much the the basis of the movie right Right. So Colin Farrell hits first with Liam Neeson's failed, you think it's a failed attempt. Right. Colin Farrell steals $5 million from the Mannings in lieu of Liam Neeson. And Liam Neeson kills his crew. He gets his crew killed. He gets his crew killed and, you know, he sets it all up. And then he steals the $5 million for himself. Right. And gives it back to Colin Farrell. So, yeah, so that's, I guess, one of the big twists is Liam Neeson... He, Doesn't he, die. He's not yeah. He's not really dead. He's a, a pretty bad dude, just like everyone else, who killed his crew off yeah. and, like you said, took the money for himself. And he's in business, essentially, I guess, yeah. with Colin Farrell. What is their business? What, what are they doing together? What is their plan? I don't know why. They didn't really go into no. why... Colin Farrell decided to do this. I mean, <laughs> I get the fact that he has, he, he got, you know, baby mama pregnant and he wanted to maybe go in, in that direction and leave Viola Davis and 
and all of that and maybe this is the way to do it but like other than that like i don't understand i mean why would it does uh, yeah the only real motivation I mean, it this gives is very extreme yeah the only motivation it gives is a line viola davis says like you now you have your white family well they lost a kid right they and, and a son. racial racially charged shooting yes and so, yeah, the, the implication is, like, he can leave that all of that racial baggage behind by uh, moving on with a white family. That's, that's like, a throwaway line. And that, that line, I guess, helps give a little, maybe, insight into the character. We don't know. That twist is kind of comes out of nowhere and isn't really fleshed out in yeah. any way. His character is not fleshed out, uh, I would say. Especially for I someone... I mean, Viola Davis kills him in the end. Right. But, like... <laughs> right. I mean, she's a badass. I mean, she, she really is, took for, these, for sure. She took the women and the wives of the other of, of the members of his gang or his crew under her tutelage. Right, and she's tough on them. And she's tough and on them. And there's, fun scenes of her oh, like yeah. just schooling them. She makes it happen. I mean, they they pull it off, and they're able to get some money and move on with their lives. <laughs> I guess the ending is is happy. They do mm-hmm. they do have money. Yep. So it sounds like you liked it. Is there anything that you didn't like about it? I I didn't like the whole scene where Liam Neeson had a, a like a side piece. <laughs> the the I scene didn't that like reveals that. the scene that reveals he's still alive. Yeah, I mean, I it's that, a weird I, scene. You could have done that without having like a cheating. There, there could have been another subplot. I thought the cheating aspect and and having a side piece was an easy way out. Well, we barely even know who that woman is, I guess. She was part of the crew. She was one of the wives of the crew members. Okay, so she was a widow herself. Uh-huh. She was a part of the widows. Okay. And she just had a baby. But I think that baby was, was ultimately Liam Neeson's. And he, this is his opportunity to start a new family and to, to do that. I mean, I think too much hurt... Maybe, um, you know, losing a son and and all of that. I guess there was enough there to piece some vague motivation together. But the the movie could have definitely given a little more insight into that. It gives an awful lot of screen time to Colin Farrell when maybe just fleshing out a little more of Liam Neeson could have helped. I would have loved to know more about the the backstories of the wives. I mean, yeah. there was nothing really there Mm-mm. on, Mm-mm. you know, we just saw at the beginning each wife and their their struggle. One's a stay-at-home mom. One is a, a, a wife that gets beat up by her husband. Who's the stay-at-home mom? The stay-at-home mom? mom is the one that Liam Neeson's Carrie Coon. Yes. Played by Carrie Coon. Okay. And then the, the final one, that's Elizabeth uh, DeBecky. Yes. Who's really good. Yes, I, would say. I really like kind her of a, in, this, yeah, this is in a, this movie. Yes. Yeah. This is a breakout role for her. For, for sure. She's really good. All the actors are pretty good. I feel like I would have wanted a little more on maybe where they've in, ended up versus just kind of opening the store back open again. and Right. You know, uh, Viola and... Elizabeth it, to Becky. Yes. They have the final scene together. The final scene where they're in the, the shop and the coffee shop together and, right. and seeing each other. I guess that's when Viola Davis realizes that she didn't die. <laughs> right. She gets shot and they take her to the During hospital. the final heist. Yeah, because they're trying to stay away from each other. Right. I mean, rightfully Which so. Which is smart. Yeah. But I think Viola Davis end up, ends up pinning the murder of Colin Farrell's dad on Liam Neeson at the end. 
And what ends up happening with Colin Farrell? Is he, does he get elected? See, that's the thing. Like, we don't know. Right. I think he does. Okay. I think he does get elected. But, I, I mean, like, we don't know the fallout of, you know, the murder. I mean, maybe they say a s snapshot here and there, like, in the background. Like, but I would have liked it to be up front and to be told in a better way. Yeah. So, are you saying maybe the ending wasn't totally satisfying? No, it wasn't totally satisfying for me. No. I would have much rather had them maybe all, like, meet up. And, you know, kind of like Sopranos style. And just kind of meet up in, in a cafe. Right. And, you know, maybe no talking, but they, they all know. Yeah. Just having some scrambled eggs. Yeah. Drinking coffee. So, I guess overall, would you say you liked it? You enjoyed I it? I liked it, but I don't know how good of a date night movie it would be. Not a great date movie. Well, considering the fact that there's... Some I think I think it's a good movie for girlfriends to go see. Okay. Um, maybe go see with your friends. Sure. I don't know. I mean, the romance. I mean, obviously you're dealing with death and you're dealing with the death of a spouse. And then you're dealing with infidelity. And also the death of a kid. And the death of a kid. Like, I, I don't think this is probably the best movie to see on a date. Okay. This is probably a movie you, you want to see. You see know, with your just, girlfriends. Yeah. Just but what, have, if, what if you're a guy? Should you just avoid it altogether? No. See go it with, see it with your guy friends or, you know, whatever. I mean, go see it with your girlfriends who aren't, you know, you're not trying to impress. <laughs> Even though it supposedly is all about these wives. It's about women empowerment. These wives kicking ass. Yeah, and I, I love it. That's why I'm saying, you know, for women, yeah. go see it with your girlfriends. Right. Bring, you know, bring, leave the dude at home. Leave your husband, your boyfriend at home. Go see it with your with your girlfriends. It's very women empowered. Yeah. I don't think it's necessarily, I mean, a great date night movie. Okay. What about you? Well, I had kind of an interesting reaction to this movie. Watching it on the screen, I was pretty gripped all throughout. And the opening is, in particular is really strong. It throws you right into this yeah, heist. Yeah, right in. That goes horribly wrong. I mean, like they're tossing stuff out of the back of the van. It's really chaotic yeah. and explosive and spectacular. And so I was pulled in right away and watching it, I'm like, this is, you know, top five of the year material. <laughs> I do my top 10 list, you know, I, towards the end of the year, I, I try to keep a firm ranking on what's what. <laughs> and while watching this, I'm thinking, this is top five. I mean, I watch a lot of films and, you know, you, you try to remember like what stands out to you, what, yeah. what holds up in your memory. And so watching this just in the moment, I, I thought it was brilliant and gripping. And then just kind of quickly, even just like on the ride home, it started to fade a little bit. I started to have some questions about logic. I, I asked you right away, like, why didn't Viola Davis open that door? Yeah. When clearly she knew Liam, Liam Neeson was behind it. Like that's that whole scene, like you mentioned, is ridiculous how that unfolds. <laughs> Liam Neeson is stupid. The yeah. dog kind of starts barking. Which, like the dog barks when he knows, like he got excited barking, like he knew who he's was barking at that a, door. Barking at a closet yeah. as if something. I thought it was like, oh, maybe a shirt or a piece of clothing of Liam Neeson's uh, or that the body, like I, that would indicate he was having an affair. Yeah, but no, it turns out like after Viola Davis stares at the door, starts getting emotional, and walks away. It turns out he it's just Liam well, Neeson just sitting in a closet. She sees, you know, she went to the... She sees the whiskey bottle. She sees the flask. The flask, yeah. 
Yeah, and, and that's she, and that's when I figured, her, oh, that was her thing with him. Yeah, is with giving him a shot like every morning, whiskey in, in, the, in shower. the shower. <laughs> and that's when I figured, oh, it it was an affair. He was having an affair, but no, it turns out he's hiding in a closet. He's yeah. just sitting by himself silently in a closet that that's a strange scene a strange way to i guess do that reveal you know and then i guess pretty much like this morning you know a few days after i just i kind of knocked this movie off of my top 15 altogether because <laughs> a lot of things just weren't satisfying and uh, i appreciate the artistry and the craftsmanship and the willingness to want to subvert what we would expect from a heist movie, but I don't like the fact that half of this movie is really Colin Farrell and his opposing candidate. That, 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 yeah. that That's a whole half of the movie. I wish it would have been all of uh, Viola Davis. Yes, or keep, I understand the need for that character. He's crucial to the plot, yeah. but keep that thread in the background. The focus clearly needs to be on the women. Yes. That That's the most compelling scenes in the film. Whenever it's Michelle Rodriguez or Elizabeth Debicki, or Viola Davis, who is a powerhouse in this, whenever they're on screen, the movie is what you want it to be. And the movie delivers. And I think it does deliver, ultimately. But I don't give a damn about Colin Farrell or, or, his, no. racist, or his racist dad or the candidate that they're up against. Daniel Kaluuya, he has some great scenes. But even those scenes, as striking as they are, they don't add much to the actual story of The Widows. And that's that's what we want to see. We don't even see, like, one of the basics of a heist movie, one of the joys is seeing a plan form and then execute it. You see a plan come together and then play out. We don't even know what the hell they're doing. Well, Do and we? one of the people in the heist, uh, and big, int- uh, like, instrumental in the heist, like, we don't even know if she's a widow or not. She's, like, the baby. The driver. The driver. The driver. Like, we don't even know her backstory. Well, she, she works at a... Uh, hair hair salon, right? Yeah. Right. That's all we know. So I guess. Colin Farrell's character, he buys up small businesses around the Chicago neighborhood. And I guess he owns their business. And he owns he, yeah that hair salon. And I liked her character. Like once she I entered, did too. you like, could tell I that really enjoyed her character. I enjoyed t- Melissa Rodriguez's character too. I enjoyed all of them, yeah. and I wanted more of yeah. them. All the women. And the actresses playing them are really compelling. Mm-hmm. And They're real. Yeah. It's not like, you know, I thought Kate Blanchett and I thought, you know, I'm going to go back to Ocean's 8 because I kind of sure. relate this movie to that. Yeah. Ocean's 8 was kind of just... It was fluffy. It was fluffy. Yeah. It wasn't that, real. That's all they, the Ocean's they movies. Didn't, like, have to steal to survive. And they didn't have to... I guess I... For me, and I would prefer to watch something that if people had to do bad things, it was because it was based on their survival. It was based on, you know, an ultimatum. It was based on something that was going on versus, oh, I'm just going to do this just because I can. Right. I don't think that's a good enough reason. Or like revenge. Like, I don't think that's a good enough reason. Some of the most suspenseful scenes are when Viola Davis is getting muscled and intimidated by the mayor candidate. Yeah. Yeah, we could have used even more of that, I guess. Like, really Mm -hmm. really show her back against the wall. But again, the movie's focus is in telling this parallel story of Colin Farrell's rise to power. (laughs) It's almost like a crime saga that this movie is being. And that's a bit of a... 
a bit of a mislead, I guess, from what is being promoted. Yes. What's being promoted is like, like a, a girl, girl power, girl power movie. action movie. Yeah. yeah, and people going in should know Colin Farrell takes up a, a big amount of screen time. Colin Farrell has more screen time than Michelle Rodriguez. Yeah, he has more screen time than on any of the other widows, other than Viola Davis. And there were times where I felt like Viola Davis herself was kind of a supporting character to Colin Farrell's story. Yes. Because yeah. the heist doesn't kick back in until the end. And that's it, what I was saying. Like, we don't see any of what they're planning. No, we don't. We just see them execute it when it's time to do so. And that's one of the things I enjoy about a heist movie is you see the you plan. See the plan and then you see how, how they carry it out. This movie isn't interested in that. I'd be okay with subverting that expectation if you deliver something equally cool in return yeah. and all this movie's delivering in return is Colin Farrell sitting around drinking in chairs with his old rich white buddies right like, <laughs> I, I, I just that's I, too I much feel, of the movie for I me I feel sad because I feel like this movie may represent some of our what's going on in politics and what's going on in politics you've sure. got you know, the the rich people in one, like, safe area of a district, and then you've got 95% of that district in the ghetto or in, you know, disarray, and there's just, there's no connection. They, they think that they're making a connection, but it's not. Like, they're not living in yeah. the city. They're not living where they... Are, are supposed to be a politician. Politicians in their districts need to be living in their districts, like full on and ingratiated in the community, not on the outskirts, not in the rich area, but like in the community. I, I think that story is what Steve McQueen is more interested in than the actual yeah. heist. I think the screenwriter, Jillian Flynn, who wrote Gone Girl, I think she's more on like the high side. She wrote the yeah, screenplay. She, I feel her influence. She wanted the twist. Yeah, that feels very Gone Girl esque, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, that does feel very uh, Jillian Flynn. And you know, like you're saying, I mean, there is an interesting story as far as representation in political districts. Yeah. And I think Steve McQueen probably has some things to say about that. And maybe this was his way of communicating that. I'd argue, like, if you're selling an explosive female-fronted thriller... You don't want to go into the politics of you, things. You should deliver an explosive female-fronted thriller. And yeah. this movie does that in moments, in select moments. <laughs> it satisfies. And like you were saying, the ending is a little bit of a letdown, in part because mm -hmm. we don't really know what the heist was. Yeah. But again, there are some... All throughout... We know what it was. Well, as it happens, yeah. Yeah. But, but details are like still kind details. of withheld. Yeah. yeah, details are withheld. But ultimately, I guess we were both satisfied by it. And Steve McQueen's direction, like I was saying, I mean, it, it keeps you gripped all throughout. Yeah. You feel like you're watching an important movie. <laughs> Another comparison would be to set it off with Queen Latifah. Yeah, but set it off was so much better. Okay. So you're saying set it off is better. This feels like an Oscar bait version of set it off. See, I don't like that Oscar bait. Quote unquote. Because you got the Oscar winning director, you got Viola Davis. This is the uh, this is the prestige version of Set It Off. And Set It Off is Set a lot of fun. Off Set It Off is a lot so of fun. so much more fun. It's spunky. <laughs> I haven't it's seen it in a while, but it's pretty good. More action scenes and more like they, they rob a whole bunch of banks. It's not it's just about one heist. So you'd recommend Set It Off over Widows? Oh, yes. 
Well, that's a problem. Like if you're going to make something similar that could be compared, you should at least be able to top it or bring something new to it. So yeah, I guess I'm, I'm with you. I enjoyed it personally, you know, I didn't love it. I wasn't blown away by it. I don't it. think it was a good date night movie. Well, I guess any movie where a bunch of spouses are killed off in the opening scene. Yeah. Probably not. Not a, like a great date. Not the best date movie. That'll do it for this episode. You can find more episodes on birdseyefilm.com. You can follow us on Twitter at dnmoviepodcast. And you can email us at the date night movie podcast at gmail.com. And until next time, I'm Patrick. And I'm Ashley. Thanks for listening. <laughs>